This is FM 100.5, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. All right, there. Nate, you don't have your headphones on, man, so you can't hear the exciting oh, no. music right there that, that you always request. Yeah. Anyway, yes. there's your Thank Parks you. and Rec music. That is the Parks and Rec. That's, it's perfect. It is. I've it been is. trying for 15 years to get you to do this, Scott. Nate Williams, director of Parks and Rec, <laughs> not the TV show. So how's everybody doing? you got a, a brought a lot of people with you this morning. Yeah, we have a whole host of uh, great people with us this morning. So we're well, excited. We've got Don Shell from Bradley Academy and does programming and all kinds of things across the board. And, of course, Susan Hicks, who's over all things cultural arts. And then uh, Melinda Tate, who is the Melinda Tate. The uh, one and only. Yeah, Melinda does our marketing and branding and just does a tremendous job with that. So Same Melinda she, Tate as last week and the week before, yeah. too, I think. Yeah, That's she's yeah notorious, the, the Melinda <laughs> Tate. So Good morning. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's really cool, Scott, what we're trying to do. And over the past year, really uh, pushing people to our website for up-to-date information. So we recently had a... Uh, rec connection come out and it looks a little bit different but in that what you're going to be able to do is see kind of some of the big things going on uh, at all of our facilities see about the facilities and then really go to the website for up-to-date calendars everything that we have going on and um, we have a lot going on you do you always do yeah it, it's funny uh just being parks and recreation uh people always think that you know we're so busy in the spring and summer i've had people say hey what are you doing the in the fall and winter and you know, we have a lot of stuff going on, and I, it's amazing. If you look at what we do across the board, October is 100% the busiest month in Parks and Recreation. Uh, and I can't say enough about the staff who work so hard to put these events on, these programs, uh, who just come up with new things constantly and really push push the envelope on what we're doing and the things that we're offering in the same day. I mean, we have staff that are doing two events in one day all the time. Of course, we've got the half marathon coming up on October 9th. Uh, I was talking to our maintenance staff yesterday. Talking They're all about, running it? it? Yeah, right. Everybody is. But I was talking to our maintenance uh, superintendent, Steve Toombs, yesterday, and we were just kind of running down all the things happening. Uh, and it's just so much. And uh, I'm so proud of our staff that really work so diligently to put these things on and offer these things to the public. And uh, we're honored to get to do it. So where do we start this morning? Von Schell, maybe? Is that- it's up to you. We have a whole host of things, and we can bounce around wherever you to. Von Schell's here, and uh, I think she's really excited to talk about what she's got going on. Well, I see something about a fish fry coming up uh, as well. And, you know, when you think Parks and Rec, you don't think about fish fries. But <laughs> in this case, so what, what's happening, Von Schell? Yes, we're having our annual Heritage Festival um, due to uh, just this year, we're going to continue to do the fish fry fundraiser, and it is October the 9th. It's the same day as the half marathon, and it's from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. It is pre-sale tickets. Um, we will still be selling fish that day, um, and it's just a lot of fun. We have a lot of friends of Bradley, um, volunteers, and our staff excited to um share that flip so come out get a a a fish plate uh it's ten dollars 
and also tour the museum. So the cool thing about Murphy's Row in Rutherford County is, you know, we have so many new residents who move in every single year, every month, all the time. I mean, we're growing. So what is Heritage Festival? And tell us a little bit about the background of it here. Absolutely. So it originally started 19 years ago, and it was a fish fry. So that's why it's it's called Back to Our Roots, the drive-through fish fry. And so um, it's just a fundraiser for the Bradley Academy uh, Museum and Cultural Center. This was an original school for African Americans. Um, from 1918 until the doors closed in the early fifth, uh, excuse me, late early 60s, and so um, and and then in the 1996 it reopened as a museum. So this each year um, second week of October we always host our annual heritage festival. So back when Bradley Academy first opened, was it a, like a K through 12th grade school? What grades went there and and do you know what the biggest graduating class was? So um, it actually opened in 1918, and um, it was a first through 12th grade. And then 10 years later, um, Holloway High School opened up in 1927, and so it went to a grammar school. So first, first through uh, sixth grade, and um, and then they had Holloway High School. You know, it's history is always interesting to, to learn about. But, you know, I, I know you've been on before. We've had other folks on who help out at Bradley Academy. And, and I always found it interesting. They, One guest said, you know, I lived in Cannon County at the time. And I remember I had to find a ride into Murfreesboro to attend Bradley Academy. And that's where I went to school, even though I lived all the way in the Woodbury area. So there is a lot of history there. And it's interesting history, too when you go back and, and, and you look at the number of students who attended there and where they came from. Absolutely. Um, we do still have a lot of our docents, which are tour guides. Um, so the alumni, they tell stories about walking um, from Loki. Um, my grandfather, he went to uh, Bradley Academy, and so he would have to walk past two schools to come to uh, travel, stop into a storefront to get warmed up during the winter months so yes we i hear all types of stories about the ice box at the end of the corner um at the bottom so i hear so many rich and amazing stories from the different um alumni and then their their uh kids telling stories about when their parents used to attend bradley academy man i I can't imagine walking past two other schools just to get to your school which is an all african-american school versus all these other schools that would have been there at the time i mean when folks look back on that history you know you were saying your grandfather i guess yes what did he say about the times back then as far as how he felt when he had to walk past these other schools just to get to bradley heartbroken um um, there was a lot of stores um that he couldn't even go inside either and so there was only a few exceptions to the rules during that time and so um but they built up their community that way and so um just learning um and then being able to tell the stories and um actually getting the the students and the patrons who come into to the museum they get to learn about um, what they've overcome what we've overcame 
and also the community, how it built up and um, that community in the air, the academy street area, how close the close netness. You know, I, I think it's hard for any of us in this room, at least, to even imagine what life would have been like. So it's it is interesting and it's important to continue to tell history for sure. And Bradley Academy is a great place where people can go and learn. Absolutely. I think Von Schell hit on something that's really interesting is that we're in a really unique and special time, uh, especially at Bradley Academy, because mm-hmm. daily we have some of the students who attended school there uh, who were there. I think of Miss Margaret Davis, uh, who's become a friend of mine and who taught me about Bradley, you know, but be able to get that firsthand experience of walking through and understanding just the rich heritage of that facility and all the things that happened and what that facility meant to so many people uh, especially during that time but uh, they're with us they're amongst us and they uh, they have so much to share and they're eager to share that so you know i think if, if anybody has any questions about you know learning more about the facility it's a great time to go and learn from people who were the docents who actually went to school there and tell really unique stories about uh, the drummer boy and all kinds of stuff that that was really unique to Bradley and Von Schell's done a great job now too to keep things fresh you know it's it's a continually evolving there's always new art in the facility we're always uh, highlighting local artists and uh, students and things that are going on and she's partnered with MTSU to bring some stuff out there so it's an active facility it's great and I would really encourage a lot of people if you've never been to Bradley just go check it out and it's it's not a massive place you know it, it's I mean, it's a good size, but it's not a huge facility. So I'm curious, years ago in the 1900s, were, were they just literally crammed into the classroom? They were absolutely crammed. It was 150 students for uh, with only five teachers at one wow. point. And so, you know, in that 10-year range, they saw fit to uh, create a high school to you know uh, separate some of the students out and space it out i think some of the other history of the facility in the 90s uh, the facility was about to be torn down the f- building was just decimated i, I it, remember it, about to fall. it looked bad you know years ago right. yeah. so willie mcgowan and a group of local advocates uh, dr gloria bonner uh, fred benneby bill ketron margaret davis and many others got together and really started just a grassroots effort to say we're not going to let this facility fall you know we're not going to let it just be torn down because it meant so much to so many people uh, so they started fundraising finding partners and, and really save save that building from destruction and it is what it is now because of their diligent work uh, i think willie mcgowan is the the most notable in his work and his actual hands-on uh, work to get it done so the heritage festival which is coming up saturday october the 9th will you have i guess like storytellers there who are going to be talking about some of the history yes inside so um you it is a drive-through fish fry however if you would like to come in and see the facility we always have um, some of our friends of bradley sitting in such as miss margaret davis and um, Florence Smith, Katie Wilson. So we have a few names that um, n- they're notable for coming in and telling the stories and giving the full uh, tour for of the museum. And this is a fish fry fundraiser, and the funds raised at Heritage Days or Heritage Festival. What? How? How does that 
money get used? Yes, we actually use the the funding for the different special events. Um, we have quite a f- few events that goes on throughout the year, the Willie McGowan Banquet, um, the Juneteenth Festival. So we just pretty much put it back into our donation pot and reuse it. So again, all of that coming up, the Heritage Festival and the Fish Fry, October the 9th, which is a Saturday. If folks want to learn more about that, I guess you can call Radley Academy or go to the Parks and Rec website. Uh, and on the Parks and Rec website, it, it, where is it listed? What do we? How do we find it? Yes, you'll just um, click, go on, and then type in Bradley Academy Museum, and you'll see our web page. We have uh, different events, uh, the, the Heritage Festival. You'll see a QR code where you can get a little bit more information, that and our Facebook great. page. And uh, so, from Heritage Festival, where do we go next, uh, Nate? What what's we can go wherever you want to go, but I think it's Let's a go good to the time. Beach. Let's go to the beach. That sounds good, or uh, any anywhere. I mean, we're 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 doing this over the airwaves, so however you want to do this. But I think it's a good time to talk about uh, what we have coming up. Also in October, we've got Frightensburg. We've got our Barfield Bash. We've got all of our kind of our fall activities uh, coming up that we're we're really excited about. And we used to do just Barfield Bash. Uh, I think you remember that. Everybody yeah. knows that. It's one of our bigger events. And last year, what we decided to do is a walk through Haunted House or Haunted Village at Cannonsburg. Uh, and, you know, again, our staff was like, hey, let's let's do both of these things. How awesome would that be? So is there going to be a hayride this year? So, yes, there will be at Barfield. Okay. And that's what uh, people have come to The Haunted to Hayride, right? Yeah, that's the Haunted Hayride in the Carnival. And that's going to be October 22nd and 23rd. Um, I believe that's a Friday and Saturday. Yes, and it'll start at dark for yes, the hayride, and the carnival will be from 5 until 8 p.m. And we have um, prizes. We have the one, two, three ticket um, games, and also we have a free zone area. We'll have a lot of um, interactives. We have the MGL library telling spooky story time. And we have um, the Wilderness Station doing interactives with the animals. It'll be a hoot. <laughs> and also... See what you did there, Von Schell. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we'll have some guts and guts and blood airbrush oh, with the cultural <laughs> arts. And we'll have various of just fun um, games for prizes. And we'll have an actual um, maze. And MTSU students, we have um, some some a class that's going to actually help us spearhead the uh, maze at the, in the carnival, and it'll it, the theme is pumpkins. So, and is that maze going to be at Barfield Park? Yes, it okay. will. It'll be in uh, Field Three. Right. So, the other offering that we have, uh, we got our Barfield Bash and, and Old Scream Road, which you know thousands that's, of people come to, and, it's and that's the, the haunted hayride, right? Yes. That is at Barfield Crescent Park. So those things are tied together. The new thing that we're doing this year, that's kind of a parlay from last year, on top of Barfield Bash, is we've got Frightensburg, uh, which is terrifying. You know, Cannonsburg at night is just scary anyway. It is. You know, old buildings in general. Old buildings in are general, scary, but. Susan Hicks, our, our uh, cultural arts uh, supervisor, she has done a great job working on Frightensburg, and I'll let her tell you kind of what we're expecting. So, but you have to say it in a scary voice. Can you do the whole thing? Like, I don't know if I can do it. Okay, scary voice. <laughs> all, all throughout the morning. All throughout. <laughs> so, Frightensburg at Cannonsburg Village. That is October fifteenth and sixteenth. 
And that is what, a Friday and Saturday? It's a Friday and Saturday. We're going to start it at 7 o'clock until... 10 p.m. ish whenever until we get everybody until we get everybody through it is terrifying so this event is only for 13 and up um we we really want about 10 percent of the people not to be able to make it through and that is my goal anyway i love to scare people and (laughs) you should come (laughs) you should really come it it is very frightening i think scott should do like a live broadcast walking through yeah, you could be a part of the puppet house this time. The puppet house. Yeah, so the puppets are scary. Anyway. It, it all scares me. And we have puppets <laughs> and clowns and um, wow. stalkers and nah, cannibals a good stalker. and <laughs> all, all kinds of really great things. I'm very excited about it. They've put a lot of work into it, but Susan highlighted something. This is very scary. This is not a you know for the whole family. Mm-hmm. This is really for your teenagers and up because I promise you. Uh, it, it it is nightmare inducing for young children. Uh, you know, that's, that's always nice. Do you remember? <laughs> it's our it's our it's our warning. I mean, we're just, we're just trying to help out. I've got young kids, and that's how I gauge in it, with old Scream Road and stuff. You know, you know, I would say I've got a eight year old, and I would not take him on it. Or I've got you know, right now I've got an eleven year old, a nine year old, and a four year old. I would yeah. not let any of them go through this. Uh, do you remember back in the day where Parks and Rec they used to have a great big haunted house at Cox Memorial yep. Gym? And uh, I always remember it, it was always interesting, but the the haunted house thing in October that that's been an ongoing thing that yeah. Parks and Rec ha- has done for years. Yeah, and you know, last year when I was helping uh, kind of support the event, part of what I was doing is helping some of the people who couldn't make it through mm-hmm. get back to you know the get, beginning. Taking the it. hospital, or- and I know we've we've got dozens of people working on this uh, uh, on this uh, little tour here, this haunted tour, and it's terrifying. I know these people. We worked together, and they scared me that night. So. <laughs> Uh, it, it's very scary. It's going to be a great, uh, I think, uh, even a step up from uh, from last year, but just another offering that we have for fall activities. So does Frightensburg at Cannonsburg, does it cost anything to come out there and, and do this frightful tour? Yes, it does. It is $10 per ticket, and um, there are no refunds if you can't make it through, so be aware of that. <laughs> it, it, it is a lot of fun. How long is it? I mean, do you actually go through the whole Cannonsburg Village? Six miles. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you do go through the whole village. We have timed it at about um, 15 minutes mm-hmm. this year. Um, we are not using the same route that we used last year, and we'll keep trying to change that up. It, it's going to be it's going to be enough time that you're going to be ready for it to be done. I think after 15 minutes. <laughs> so where kind of take us on the little walk here? Is it is it going to go? through all the the tractor collection or is it going to go it goes through the the entire uh, facility so we start at the mill and then um, go all the way back we're skipping the museum this year so we're going behind that we go through the tractors go by the church um, and we hit all of the little houses along the way now of all those little houses that are there that like the log cabin and stuff is that really like an old log cabin that was transported and placed there? I mean, Yeah, so every building, so Cannonsburg was put together as a bicentennial project in 1976. It actually won uh, a national award at one third place, and the city ended up getting money for it. So uh, part of that project was all of these buildings were all local to Rutherford County, and they were picked up and moved 
to this location and, and called Cannonsburg, which is the original name of Murfreesboro. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was, I was going to yeah. try to get to that before you Sorry, said it. I was, yeah, I knew that's where you were going, so I really wanted to jump ahead Rush of you. Rush in there. Sounds <laughs> yeah. smart. Uh, but, yeah, it, you know, it's interesting, though. History is, is fascinating. Like we were talking about just a second ago, Murfreesboro used to be Cannonsburg. And yeah. that, you know, that's something that most who live here, maybe if they're new here, they, they yeah. would have no idea about that. Yeah, it, it's really a fascinating place. My office was at Cannonsburg for a long time, and you know, like I said, at night it just seems like a different place with all those old buildings, and uh, yep. uh, especially when you have Susan and her staff out there scaring you, it's going to be terrifying. <laughs> but we're excited. Um, this is uh, kind of a, a theatrical performance in a lot of ways, uh, but it's very interactive. So, and again, our warning is: don't bring your kids or grandkids that are under thirteen. So thirteen up, October fifteenth and sixteenth. 16th at Cannonsburg called Frightensburg this year. Yes, and I also wanted to um, let everybody know that we're basing some of the scares on actual haunts in Murfreesboro. Um, They can look at the Ruther County, uh, Tennessee Historical Society. We've got several of their uh, historic haunts or historic stories that we'll be portraying as well. The Three Sisters in Black, if anybody's interested, they can look that up. And uh, they will be there this year at Frightensburg. Okay, so all of that coming well it's right around the corner i mean we're almost at october right now so yeah uh and then the barfield bash the carnival going on there the haunted hayride the old scream road uh man you guys really do a lot in october for sure yeah it, it really scott it's our busiest month there's something going on all the time on top of our facilities are always still open we've got our indoor pools open at sports competition speaking of pools this saturday we are excited about one of the most popular things we do at SportsCom. We got to say this because th- this is big news right here. You know what's coming up? What you're about to say? I know what you're about to say. You do know? Yeah, but we we got to take a commercial break. Oh, is this this is called a tease? This is oh, what a tease it is. Okay, you know. Okay, so, so <laughs> it's going to involve something with swimming. It's it's good. Uh, time right now, eight thirty nine. Murphy's Roll Parks and Rec on the air with us in studio this morning. And by the way, you can text us any questions you may have. Uh, you know, hard hitting questions for Nate, you know, stuff like that. You can text us at 615-893-1450. We will be right back again the time, 839. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics. If you want to try out any guitar in the store, if you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side, see how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. Demas's restaurants are now hiring. We are looking for grill cooks and other kitchen employees with competitive pay and flexible hours. If you're looking for full-time work or part-time work, then Demas's is the place to be. We've been voted a top workplace for five years in a row by the Tennessean. Apply within or online at demasesrestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. 
Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. We're talking with Glenn King. How old were you when you enlisted? Barely 17. In this salute, we talked to a veteran who served in the Korean War. After I got out, eventually ended up working for the federal government. I worked in Huntsville, Alabama at the Army Missile Command. Ended up managing several of the major air defense missile systems. One was the Stinger and the Red Eye, the shoulder-held missile systems. Then there was the Nike Hercules. And then from there, the Hawk missile. In the last system that I had was the Patriot. In the Patriot missile, it, it was highly classified for a long time until the Gulf War. The missiles you're talking about, these are things that are in history books. Well, they're still using some of the systems like the Red Eye and the Stinger. They're heat seekers. You were on the ground floor, so to speak, of seeing these missiles and how they operate and how they're going to be used. One of the things that I was very, very involved in is the training of the armed forces as to how to use the missile systems. Back then, we didn't have any enemies that were trying to encroach on us where we needed to use them. So it wasn't until the Gulf War that we got to use some of them. This has been a WGNS salute to veterans with World War II and Korean War veteran Glenn King. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veterans. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. All right, got a little Run DMC and Aerosmith in the background there. Remember that Walk This Way video? I say video because we were talking about, you know. But back in the day when MTV was on the air, they had videos all the time. Yes. We were like Total Request Live and all that. Yeah. You'd sit and watch the videos. You, you couldn't email a request. You couldn't text a request. You had to actually call a toll-free number. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Parks and Rec this morning is what we're talking about. And, and right before the break, you mentioned something that was, you know, it's, it's just it's huge news. It's about swimming in a way. Yeah. Pool-related. Yep. Parks Director Nate Williams with the entire story. Go ahead. The entire story. Yeah. Breaking news. Like, yeah. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> So what we have is the 
puppy plunge. This is something that we've done, uh, you know, for the past, I forget how many years. I know I started it a long time ago when I was in the pool, uh, working with the pools. But, you know, we're into the, uh, coming to the end of the dog days of summer. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. provide a day for the dogs at the pool. So this is our puppy plunge at Sportscom. Uh, this is something we've done for a long time. It's 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and it is completely free. Uh, free, free, free. So bring your dogs. We do ask that you bring your good dogs. Um, <laughs> not we, the bad ones. Not the bad ones. Uh, so we'll have it fenced in and a place for the dogs, and it is one of the most adorable things you've ever seen. So some of the dogs can jump off the diving board and do all kinds of stuff. So And they actually do? They do, uh, yeah. So. Uh, the, the one thing we don't allow is for people to get into the water with the dogs. That's probably smart. Yeah. It's kind of cold, and it's then cold. plus they have claws, and it hurts. Yeah, it's just you know, not good things that could happen. Yeah. So we'll have our lifeguards out there, and uh, they'll deal with anything we need to. I but always enjoy seeing the pictures that Parks and Rec release yeah. after the event, you yeah. know, the action shots. There are lots of smiles uh, that happen from the dogs' faces to the <laughs> owners' faces. Can you, can you describe a dog smile for I us? I don't know. I can't. But when you see it, you just know you they're know happy, it. you know. So there's always a couple dogs that just run around and enjoy it. But uh, <laughs> it, They love it. The puppies love it. So bring your dog out from 10 to 1 during that time period and let them uh, enjoy the pool at SportsCon. Again, that's uh, October 2nd. And, and that's something else that has been going on for quite some time with Parks and Rec is, is the whole puppy plunge thing. Uh, and then you also have the polar bear plunge, which mm-hmm. is in January, I think. Yeah, right? the first Saturday in January, and that's been going on for almost 20 years now. Uh, and this year, we're excited that you're jumping. Me? Uh, yeah, you're I'm good. That we we I thought that's what you texted <laughs> yeah, me earlier. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah, speedo Great. and all. So, oh wow, it's okay. Happen. Yeah. So we're we're excited about that, but more information coming up on that. So. Uh, what we do is we let the puppies swim on the for the puppy plunge. They'll drain the pool, get it cleaned out, and good to go. We'll do some winterizing uh, for the pool, and uh, and then reopen it for the polar bear plunge. Polar bear plunge, and then uh, slowly from there starts to get ready for springtime and summer. So the polar bear plunge, you said it's the second Saturday of January. It's the first Saturday. First of Saturday of January. Okay. I don't have that date in front of me, but. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just surprised you, you've never had somebody just you know literally freeze the minute they get in there and have to go to the hospital i mean you it's been pretty good so far pretty good record it's it's been good we've had some good weather days like maybe in the low 50s i can recall a couple times where it was snowing uh, and where we've had to actually bust up the ice on top of the pool a sheet of ice uh, and move the ice for people to get in. We've almost had to cancel because it was freezing so bad and we couldn't keep the pool from freezing over. So I, I think it's going to be People didn't stay in that long that year. You know, When it was frozen? Yeah, they jumped in and jumped <laughs> yeah. out. So. I, I think it's going to be cold this year because the, the summer hasn't been extremely hot, I don't we think. We had a couple weeks, but not, not overwhelming. So You know, another thing that's coming up uh, the weekend after the puppy plunge on the October 9th mm-hmm. is something that you know we've partnered with since the very beginning of, and that's the middle half. Uh, the the half marathon in Murfreesboro that's really the, kind of the capstone race in Murfreesboro I would say and we've been fortunate to be able to work with the middle half and help present this race to the community we didn't have it last year because of COVID <coughs> uh, but we're back uh, back to running this year and I think our community is excited about it we've uh, been working and planning uh, to with with the the board of directors to make that happen so that's on October 9th uh, so uh, there's going to be some road closures that happen, and we always ask people to check out the website and just uh, see what's going on, themiddlehalf.com. Uh, but it's a fun day. This year we're going to be downtown uh, just like we were two years ago. This mm-hmm. is the 15th year, 14th race, right, Linda? Yes. 
So, uh, of course, we have the, the founding uh, race director here, the person who created the whole concept <laughs> idea is Melinda and Miles Tate. And fortunately, Melinda works with us now, and she's just a wealth of knowledge. And um, we're excited about this year. I know the planning that's gone into this year, I think the community is just, like I said, excited to get back to running. Now, with it being the uh, 15th year, 14th race, that's because of COVID, I guess. Um, but the race is, is something that I know a lot of people they'll really plan and thrive to be a part of it because it's part of their new year's resolution even though it's in october but their goal a lot of folks train half the year because they've never done a half marathon yeah it takes um probably a good three months of training and that's after you already have a good base of being able to run at least three miles um but we do have walkers um there are people that will walk the entire race Mm -hmm. and that that is doable now, the cool thing that I like, whenever you go to the race webpage to sign up for it, you can see exactly how many openings are left to see, you know, oh, well, there's 20 openings left, there's 100 openings, whatever the number is. So what are we down to now as far as participants and how many have signed up? We have um, around 1,260 signed up, so we've got a little over 200 spots it- left. So is it like 1,500 max this uh, yes. year? Yes, okay. we've limited it to 1,500, and um, we're, that way we can spread out a little bit more and uh, make the runners feel a little bit safer. Something fun this year is that, of course, the new route starts and finishes in downtown. So we start um, uh, right in front of Central Middle School, or sorry, Central Magnet School. Yeah. I went to Central Middle School. I, I went to Central Middle okay, as well. Okay, I'm sorry. It's hard to, hard to break <laughs> that habit, but Central Magnet School. And then it finishes downtown on Main Street right in front of City Cafe. Uh, so what's really special this year is that we're partnering with the, the Saturday market, mm-hmm. the farmer's market, uh, and they'll have all of that going on. So it's just going to be really a bustling downtown area. Uh, and I think it, it'll be fun for people who haven't been to the, to the farmer's market just to go experience that and see, you know, and cheer on some of the runners that have worked really hard uh, leading up to this. Uh, I, I think especially after the year we've been through, it's going to be exceptionally special. And the runners can cheer on the people buying stuff at farmer's market as well. <laughs> all the way. Work so both ways. With, with all that said, you know, for your listeners, Scott, just a heads up, uh, we don't like you know impeding traffic but downtown on october 9th is going to be very difficult to navigate in your vehicle um at least during the duration of the race from you know 7 a.m to 10 30 or 11 it's going to be very difficult we try to get those roads open uh the murfreesboro police department's been tremendously helpful uh and excited to help us put this on and to keep everybody safe ultimately that's our goal and that's why these streets are closed it's not to inconvenience people but just to keep people safe that are out and about now melinda looking back to when you first started the middle half was there another race that was a half marathon in Murfreesboro that was held? Because I, I, I don't remember one right off the bat. I think there was many years before we started it. Um, and I, that was way before I even thought about running. So um, it wasn't on my radar. But from my understanding, there was one. Um, but I don't know anything about it. You know, it's interesting. You see old pictures. I, I didn't realize there was a bike race in Murfreesboro for a long time. There was. It went yeah. around the square. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it did more than just go around the square. Sure. But yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I've just seen pictures. I might have seen pictures here, actually. You, you could have. But I, I remember MTSU, I, I don't know if they had a had a roll in that bike. But they had a triathlon. Yeah. And the bike portion would start at MTSU. And it went way out towards Las Casas, even. Hmm. 
those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> a lot less traffic. There I used think. to be go kart races around the around the courthouse as well, like Did, right there on the square. Really? Yeah, they they'd set up hay bales on every corner because you know our square did not used to have the little raised concrete cutouts where the where the turns are and stuff but i remember there was at least two years of go-kart racing on the downtown square and that's the rest of the story yeah it was neat though <laughs> i mean it was really cool because you had the the racing go-karts i mean you can imagine the sound of them going gets echoes and stuff i think maybe you and i should grab a couple go-karts and give it a try i would love it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> during the weekday you yeah. know the busiest time yeah like go go-kart like 11 30 in the morning yeah. would be perfect That'd so be fun yeah we can do that oh so <laughs> back to the to middle half the middle half marathon here in murphy's bro again you have how many openings still left we have a little over 200 spots open. We do have people coming from, um, I think, around 22 different states. Ah. So this is, it's not just a local <laughs> event. Um, we, we draw people from, because the course is so flat, and um, a lot of people will get their PRs here, which um, means personal record. And uh, See, I'm, I'm not a runner, so I don't know how all this works, but I, I've heard folks talking about how they're, building up for the boston marathon or yeah and, and they get i guess what their record at races like this one and move forward with it yes they get their qualifying time for from other marathons and they have to turn that in to be qualified to run in the boston marathon you know i think with the spots left in the race there's a lot of local people even maybe some of your listeners who've been kind of on the fence thinking is this actually going to happen you know just with covid and all the uncertainty this race is happening you know uh, in about a week and a half so it's yeah, going to be a fun day and we're excited about it it's it's a cool event and again what time does the race actually start it actually starts at 7 a.m but we will start closing the roads around 6 30. and do they do the traditional gun start just oh, like yes. you know, <laughs> not not a machine gun start just a regular one, one, gun. <laughs> one shot. not a shotgun start either. <laughs> you, know, you don't start everybody out in different locations so so, so with with the race and thinking about COVID and all that, are, are you going to have folks who are, I mean, are you going to let people, okay, now this group's going to start here yeah, so and so forth? We've taken several precautions and, and really looked at kind of what the running industry is doing in the racing just to try to keep people safe and spread them out. And one yeah. of the biggest things is limiting the number of runners. So you know, what you'll see also is we're going to spread out the crowds so people get it put into crowds of uh, their time that they think they might be able to finish and we'll spread those out a little bit so mm. you know their time starts when they cross them start across the start line uh, by a chip so it's not like everybody's immediately just racing the race and the, the racing the clock so um, yeah it's it's going to be a, a great year we've adjusted how we're doing snacks we've adjusted how we're doing the water stations uh, we're just asking everybody who comes and we hope a lot of people come downtown to watch uh, but we, we've adjusted uh, um, you know a lot of things and hope people can kind of spread out keep your distance and uh, make it a great day and it's also outside and it's going to be a beautiful day guaranteed right yes middle yes. half october 9th uh, melinda looking back and, and maybe this year included if you know what is the oldest runner and what is the youngest runner you've had <laughs> oh gosh i believe the oldest runner was Miles Tate. <laughs> Not Miles Tate. He's listening. No, I'm sorry. Probably Fred Lovelace. Yeah. Um, he was one of the older age groups, and we knew that he would always win his age group because he was the only one in it. So <laughs> we would 
pre-print his plaque with his name on That's, it. Yep. And what, um, what age group would, would he have been in for that? Oh, he was in his 85? 80s. 85? Yeah. That's so cool. Just an inspiration. He used to yeah. come to Sportscom almost every day yeah. and, and worked out. Uh, we sure do miss Dr. Lovelace. Yeah. And the, um, the limit as far as the youngest, um, we allow 14 So I bet the youngest would be a 14-year-old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, again, to register, you do have openings left, themiddlehalf.com. Go there, register today or tomorrow for sure if you don't have that many spots left. So yes. Perfect. All right. Uh, and then as we close out this morning, it's already 8.57, so we're like almost no time left. Uh, got the Christmas parade coming up, and entries will start being accepted October 15th, and entry deadline November 24th. And then we also have the Harvest Days, October 23rd, and uh, National Night Out, October Fifth is that okay? So October fifth, National Night Out. Y'all are just throwing all this stuff. In <laughs> we just need to get it in. We got again. We have a lot of things happening Trump in October. So October ninth. Uh, hey, so October ninth. Here's a great okay, idea. Okay. Go to the farmers market, buy lots of stuff, cheer on some runners, yep. and when you're done, just walk over to Academy Street and uh, get some fish. Learn about Bradley Academy, and uh, it's a great day. Sounds There's like so much. There's so much going on in October, Scott. So I want to encourage your listeners. Uh, there's something for you to do all the time on top of our normal daily operations. Um, I know uh, Harvest Days is coming up, and that's huge. That's October 23rd, and that's going to be at Cannonsburg. Uh, and, and that's from uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we're going to have great performers this year, lots of great music. Um, I think we got kind of a, a really nice end of the end of the day performance by a band that people would be really excited about. So come see your vendors, that type of thing. But more than anything, uh, go to MurfreesboroParks.com. That's our website, MurfreesboroParks.com. Very easy. And I promise for all ages, uh, for everybody, we've got something that you'll enjoy and very affordable or most times even free. And real quick, what is Harvest Days and and Tell me, I mean, sum it up in like 30 seconds or a minute. <laughs> Give us a detailed explanation in 30 seconds. Okay, we've got vendors, hay rides, hands-on demonstrations, food trucks. Uh, the Antique Auto Association will be there. Um, Uptown Country Band, Handmade Crafts, the Murfreesboro Art League. Uh, we've got pottery and basket weaving and I can't read this handwriting here. A Dutch oven cooking and... Um, the River Chase Posse is like an old-time yep. gunslinging show. Oh, cool. Um, the Barn Stompers Band, they'll be there from 2 to 4. Um, Mid-State Cloggers will have storytelling at all of the different buildings. It's um, all day long. It's free. Well, all day, 10 to 4. <laughs> so you can come. You can get Christmas presents. You can start shopping. You can get local vendors, all kinds of stuff. You can also uh, enjoy some uh, free entertainment and get some good food as well. How many vendors you think? Dozens. Dozens and dozens. Okay. Well, that's all again October 23rd at Cannonsburg, Harvest Days. And once more, all the information of everything we talked about can be found on the Parks and Rec website, which is what? Murfreesboro parks.com easy enough all right well 8:59 is the time it's well seven seconds to nine o'clock this is wgns murphy's bro thank you for joining us thank, thank you, you Scott. thank you